today is two weeks after our four-year anniversary. And uh, I've had, yeah, we can applaud that. Thank you so much. And I got to tell you, uh, I was actually kind of getting emotional when Junior was leading worship. Um, it's a little astounding and um, truly amazing that we've even gotten here. Today, I'm not going to do a teach or a sermon as traditionally uh, we do. I just like to talk a little bit. I'd like to share some feelings, some thoughts, do some reflections. Um, that's a little bit of what we're going to do. And then we're just going to hang out, watch the kids pet the animals, and for those of you who want to pet the animals, play on the bounce house and just enjoy our time together. We started our church September 2012 with an event. We did everything, quote, wrong when it comes to church planning. In fact, I read church planning books. You know, you try to get educated, and they say you should do this, and then step two, and then step three, and then, you know, by year four, your church will be 1,500 people. You know, they have all of these things that they write about. And it was amazing to get together with many of you who were there to just say, we're feeling something, we're not quite sure exactly what it is, but let's try something. Let's try an experiment. So the very first thing that we did as a Christian evangelical, if we use that term again, we've been having conversations with Dr. Randall Balmer, etc. But even as a Christian organization, the very first thing we did is we invited a Jew to come give a seminar. That to me is hilarious. What Christian church starts off this way? For those of you who were here, you remember that Rabbi Moshe shared about his experience with reading the parables through Jewish lenses. And this has been deep and central to who we are, getting back to the history, getting back to the original intent. What did these parables mean to those original hearers? And I love that we started off with education and thinking deeply about this story because we weren't just about trying to start something brand new and do something amazing and spectacular and explosive. We wanted to actually find out some deep questions about who are we and what are we doing here and how did these stories that many of us carry around in this book we call the Bible, how did they shape and mold and set the groundwork for thousands of years of Christian tradition and teaching and practice and behavior? So we started with the seminar called Setting the Stage, and Danielle shared a little bit about the historical context. Rabbi Moshe shared brilliantly about his way of reading some of these parables. All of this, by the way, is online. And then this just continued. Our next uh, set of things that we did throughout our time has been learning seminars. Our good friend, Dr. Kenny Gibbs, came and shared about science and faith. And I remember that moment, that seminar that we had, um, a woman came and she attended that service, by the way, the only service that she has ever attended, to my knowledge, in tears. Because she is an evolutionary biologist and a Christian. And the report that we heard is that finally there's a place where both of who I am, my identity as an evolutionary biologist and my identity as a follower of Jesus can find a home and can find peace. And I want to tell you, I've told that story to some of my pastor friends and other people, and I, I, I'd say this, that was a win. 
even though that person may never come back to our church, because again, that's the church planning thing. Okay, here's a card. Give me your information. I'm going to follow up with the emails and make sure you get involved in a small group. For us, that was a win. To let somebody know that there was hope and redemption for who they were. And for those of you who've been with us, you know that science is something that we continually talk about. Uh, We talked about faith and technology and robots and artificial intelligence and string theory and multiverse brains. Uh, It just gets so exciting, and this is a place where we can do that. Danielle shared at Dreams and Schemes, one of the only Christians that I know that has been invited to share, to speak at a Jewish learning festival. And then, of course, many of you have gone through Foundation Experiment, now known as Garden to Garden, which is a 20-week series all through the Bible, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Again, we've talked about uh, faith and technology, and then you have allowed us to invite some incredible people to our midst. A.J. Levine, who's a phenomenal scholar, uh, Dr. Daniel Wallace, who's the number one textual critic, meaning the guy who does the manuscripts of the New Testament, Um, and then, of course, Dr. Peter Enns, who's kind of on the edge and the fringes of thinking about theology, and you have allowed us, you've welcomed these people in, and some of these seminars have been uncomfortable for some of you. And yet you say, I like it. And some of this is pushed a little bit more than maybe we wanted to be pushed. And yet you've embraced it. Thank you. Thanks for being that kind of a church. It says, I can learn from all of this. And then you have also welcomed Dr. Kurt Rhodes, who's on the ground regarding the refugees there in Jordan. And then, of course, most recently, Dr. Randall Balmer and uh, Diana Butler Bass, uh, Dr. Bass. And this has just been an incredible experience of learning and growing, challenging questions. And you, this church, has embraced it. And you've said, yes, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to discover more. The, the old way of just getting nice, pithy, compact principles, that way, I need more. There's so much more depth and breadth and wisdom to be found in this Christian tradition, and I'm willing to go there, and you've gone there, so thank you. In addition, you've also taken on deep care for this world. We've participated in a movie-watching event, Selma, with Etz Chaim here. You've participated in a multi-faith peace walk. You've participated in an end-human trafficking freedom seder. And then, of course, most recently, You are now engaged in a book club, for those of you who are here on the new Jim Crow, talking about mass incarceration and the racial injustices that exist. (laughs) I love this church. You're willing to move to places that are probably a little bit uncomfortable at times, Uh, certainly areas where we feel some ignorance or uncertainty, Uh, areas that we've never tried before, walking with a Buddhist monk or walking with a a, a Muslim imam on a faith walk to try to figure out how do these values of Jesus work in this world, in this world. And you've done that. You've gone there. And I love you for it. We've raised 433% of our goal for the refugee crisis given to World Vision and uh, making sure that that is something that is continually on our forefronts. And some of you, honestly, it's like, well, we're we're talking a lot about it, and yet you still continue to embrace 
we need to care about this issue. And when I take a look at all of this that we've done over these past four years, my heart is so filled. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable and honest. Everything that I just mentioned, I don't think could have been done in any previous church that I have been a part of. Now, I don't don't know that for certain, but my experience has been that almost everything that I just talked about would not have been welcomed in the same way. And you, this church, welcomed it. And I cannot tell you how grateful and thankful I am. You've endured some amazing teachings. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. You've endured Jesus' ethics, incarnation, the Beatitude series. You've embraced new teachings on human sexuality in the Bible and politics. And you have engaged with questions and dialogue. And many of you have said, when I've done uh, some listening, coming around to all of you and just asking, why do you keep coming? What is it about Spark that we do? And you keep saying over and over and over again that the teachings that push and drive, you're willing to learn in that way. Thank you. It's been a phenomenal joy. Then, of course, the fun stuff, the events, Fourth of July, Halloween, wedding receptions, and many, many others that we have participated in. And perhaps one of the most important things that I've been very grateful for is just life. Of course, Alex and Lisa, look at that cute couple there, Esther and Jimmy, and then, of course, most recently, uh, Mark and Stacy. And not only marriages and weddings, but funerals and memorials, adoptions, births, the whole span of life. This church has been a part of and embraced. We've We've done life together. We've shared about the joys and the pains and the heartbreaks of relationships. We've done it all. And you've allowed us to journey through the great joys and the great pains of life. All together as a community, as a family. So to all of that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for an amazing four years. Thank you for an exemplification of this journey. My previous ministry experiences, I know Danielle and I have talked about this extensively, is all about making a service run, making sure that church happens. This experience for us has been about showing up with people that we love, that we care about, opening our arms to new people that find us, that want to be embraced, and saying, let's do life together. Let's do this. Tell me about your hopes, your pains, your struggles. Uh, Tell me about your joys and your celebrations, and let's walk this together. So thank you. Thanks to all of you for everything that you've done. Now, to that end... There are some people, and this next slide terrifies me because I can't put all of your names on it. I just, it was, oh, I'm so sorry. So please know that this slide is both a celebration and a pain for me because there's so many others who are not on this slide that I, it's just, just the way it is. These people, over the last four years, in some way, have done above and beyond, long commitments, extra work to make this happen. And so I'm going to ask that Esther and Jane, I don't think Alex and Lisa are here, but if you're here, Alex, Lisa, Rebecca, Willie, Tony, 
our barista, Robert, Kathy, Dave, uh, Dave and David, both Dave Chen and Dave Louie, Kwame and family, Jeff and Alester, Pastor Mark, he's busy right now, Pamela, Chris, Wilna, Felicia, Amy, Jen, David, oh, David's listed there twice, uh, and Michelle Allison, if you could all come forward. I know they don't want to, but I'm asking you to come on up. They don't want this, which is why I love it so much. Come on up. And Robert, yeah. And just fill the stage. Come on over. Um, I could tell stories uh, pretty much about all, all of them. One, uh, my favorite is to, to give Kathy a hard time. You know, when Kathy and Robert, when they started doing the sound, they, they didn't know anything. And we spent some time at the house, and we did some teaching, and now they run it all fully and completely. Um, it's just been, that's just one story. And then, of course, Esther and Jimmy, um, they started dating the very first day we opened up, and then they got married, and then, you know, got pregnant, and then they've been with us since day one. I just, these are amazing people. And then in addition to that, we have had a board that has worked hard to have conversations about who we are, where we're going. They have been so critical in shaping and forming what kind of community this needs to be. And so if Sarah Grace and Jason and Jason and Tina and Pamela, who's already up here, and Stacy, can you guys also come up, please? I know you don't want to, but especially the introverts, they're not interested. Come on up. And uh, I'm going to say a special word about Jason. Jason is a, the, he, he runs our finances. And let me tell you something. He has put in hours and hours and hours of extra work. I know you're hate, you're loving this right now. He hates this. Hours and hours and hours of extra work, making sure our numbers line up, making sure that we're good stewards, keeping track of all that. And I just have extra gratitude for him for that. So to all of you, to our volunteers, thank you. Thank you for your kindness, your service, your dedication. Thank you for your meals and your moving equipment around. Thank you for your number crunching, Jason, and your meetings. Thank you, <laughs> Jason. Thank you for your singing and your playing. Thank you for your cooking, your preparation. Thank you for your selfless acts of caring and prayer. Thank you for moving tables and chairs and large rolling carts around, loading and unloading for over 200 weeks. <laughs> Thank you, not for coming to Spark, but for being Spark. The kind of people that make a church great. Our hearts and souls are filled with the utmost gratitude for your contribution, your presence, your friendship, and your faith in following this radical Jesus, no matter where he may lead. Uh, I, if you can help distribute, um, I'll take Maria's here. Is Maria, okay. Inside one of these is a little card um, with a, either Amazon or Starbucks card. I don't know. It was completely random, so don't get upset at me if you didn't get the Amazon or the <laughs> Starbucks card. Um, a bar of uh, free trade, fair trade chocolate, a um, box of strawberries, and then one of junior CDs. So... There it is in there. Please take that. And again, 
There's those of you who are running small groups. There's others of you who have also moved tables and chairs. And Thank you, all of you. These people are just simply representative, honestly, of all of us. And I hope that you feel the same gratitude from us as we have just done for them. So, thank you. Friends, I'm going to share with you a very quick and brief look at a charter document that I've been working on along with the board to set the foundation to answer the question, who are you? What are you doing here? Why should this church exist? Now, these are questions that are simply fundamental to any organization. They're fundamental even to your own core identity. You need to ask the question, who are you? What are you doing here? Why do you exist? How do you behave? And so organizations like ours need to ask these questions, and hopefully they begin to bring to clarity the answers to those questions as you begin to identify core values, core commitments, etc. So what I'm going to do over the next few minutes is an extremely quick glance over all of those things. There's a lot in this document, and I have um, hopefully a plan to have this published by January 1. January 1, 2017 is my goal to have this refined and all set down and ready to rock and roll for all of us. For now, I want to give you a glimpse at it, and I hope that it inspires you. I also hope that if you have feedback about it, I would love to hear it. This is a church that loves feedback and conversation. And when you say, hey, I'm not quite sure about that, or I have some additional information, we welcome it. The first thing that I do is I try to begin with humanity. Again, I'm not necessarily doing every, anything correct um, when it comes to church planning. I want to ask the question, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human? And I've identified three things that have really brought clarity for me. We all, every single one of us in this room, need a story by which we live. All of us in this room need a community with whom we belong. And everyone, all of us in this room, need a meaningful purpose to which we contribute. Now, each and every one of those is a sermon in and of itself. But for me, these three things encapsulate some of the most base fundamental realities of humanity. You all need a story by which you live. Here's the deal. Some of us live by a really crappy story. You live by a story that says you're nothing or you're inadequate or you're insecure. That's the story that is often told. And, and many of you, as soon as I say that out loud, you know that that's the story that runs through your head. The reason why a church exists is because we tell a different story. In the beginning, God took chaos, created order, and in that order, out of the dirt and the clod and the stuff of this, of this ground, of this earth, created you, fashioned you, knit you together with purpose and love and care. That's your story. And God breathed into you a whole new life. And so, again, this is a very quick glance over. But we all need a story by which we live. And I think a, a church exists exactly for this purpose, to tell the story by which we live. Of course, we all need a community. There's so much research done. I wish I could share all of it with you about how when you are connected with another person, everything gets better. Your psychology gets better. Your emotions get better. Uh, all of the stuff about your purpose and your identity gets better. Your work increases. Your longevity increases when you are deeply connected, when you know that somebody else knows. In fact, love can be defined as being known. 
And then, of course, we all need a meaningful purpose to which we contribute, which is about justice and all the good works and the things that we do. So I've started there. We all need a story, a community, and a purpose. All of us. The people that are a part of Spark, the people that are not a part of Spark, every human being on this face of the planet needs this. And if a church doesn't help to provide a space and a place where this can live and thrive, then we might be falling short. So we express our answer to those questions in core values. These are things that we've talked about. We will talk about these for the rest of our existence. Why? Because they're core values. They're central to who we are. Recently, I went back to the website and read through slowly our description of what each of these means. I would encourage you to read through that yourself. It's all on the website, and again, we're going to be publishing this. But I would encourage you to check it out and just soak in it again. Why is love so core and central to who we are? Why is redemption, uh, why is reputation of God so important to who we are? Rescue and reconciliation and resurrection. What makes those things so important? To those core values, I'm going to add a couple things very, very quickly. We would like to add some core commitments. These are things that we've been doing and some things that we haven't been doing as well as I think we need to. The first is radical welcome. The idea that no matter who walks through those doors, because they're created in the image of God, you are welcomed here. Now, as we've talked about before, every person is welcome, not all behaviors. We've had moments where if people act in a certain way, that that behavior is not appropriate. But you, as a creation in God's image, you are welcome here. By the way, that includes everybody who believes different than we do. My favorite, one of my favorite joys of this church is we have people who are theists, atheists, agnostics, pantheists, I don't knowists. There is a whole bunch of people that have found home in this place. And I want to make sure that I speak loudly and clearly that no matter where we are on this crazy journey of discovering and asking questions, this is radical welcome. Radical welcome. Number two, intergenerational. You've heard us talk about this before. We want to continue to be intergenerational. And there's a whole philosophy behind this regarding not only our young, which we do bless every single week, but also our old. And I know as soon as I say the word old, there's something within our culture that begins to laugh, right? There's something within our culture that says, oh, you're old, which means somehow that that's a lesser value. In our church, as a result of our tradition, every age, old, middle, young, are equally valued. So we have to work at figuring out how to communicate it intergenerationally. Learning, this is something that if you've been around Spark, you already know. We learn. We push into areas that we're uncomfortable with. We discover things that we didn't know before. We have aha moments. And for those of you who know John Signorino, he throws his hat every time he learns something that's not true that he thought was true. For example, the red letters in the Bible. You can't trust those. Why? Because Greek doesn't have quotations. So John 3.16 in some red letters is read, in other red letter Bibles is not read. He throws his hat. I, I thought John 3.16 was said by Jesus. Well, it may be. I don't know. An example after example after example of learning and growing. Conversation is a core commitment. When we say something, like we had a whole talk on the Bible, the church, and sexual identity, it doesn't just stop because the pastor gave a talk. No. The pastor gives a talk to initiate further 
deeper conversation, learning, discovering, awakening. And for us to not only speak, but also to listen. And then finally, a, a contribution, a core commitment of contribution. And this one, I want to pause for just a brief moment. Part of what we have been over the last couple of years have been people that have been a part of church for a long time, and they got burned out by doing a bunch of church. And what I'd like to do over the course of the next couple of months, which is part of the reason why I want to do the H5 series, is to ask the question, what really is burnout? And I'll give you a little snippet. Burnout is not being tired or exhausted. Burnout is the loss of meaningful purpose in your work. And when we lose purpose and we lose meaning in our work, any activity is exhausting. But then you know those moments in your life where you could work 70, 80, 90 hours a week because you find so much meaning and purpose and joy in this thing. And every person, all of us, need meaningful purpose to which we contribute. And so we want to create a space and a place for us, everybody here, feels like they can contribute in a powerful and worthy way. We created a mission statement. Let me just test it out for you. In fact, would you read this out loud with me? We create environments and experiences that inspire people to live in the way of Jesus. That's what we do. You are in an environment. You are now hopefully having an experience. And hopefully as a result of being a part of this experience, something within your soul and your spirit is inspired. You know what? I, I want to give this way of Jesus thing a try. Let's, what does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? What does it mean to love my enemies? What does it mean to live in these ethics? So we hope that throughout our time, we just continually create these environments and these experiences. We don't force people to believe anything. We don't force people to follow Jesus, or we don't condemn them, or we don't shame them, or we don't threaten them, or spiritually abuse them, that if you don't, then you're going to end up in hell for all eternity. No, that is not the way. The way is to inspire, to create an environment where you feel radically welcomed and loved, and something within your spirit begins to turn. Our purpose is to realize these values, love, reputation, reconciliation, rescue, resurrection, in every soul, in every endeavor, in every relationship of every person in our spheres of influence. In other words, as we create those environments and those experiences, and you're inspired to live into the way of Jesus, the values that we've just listed will somehow transform your behavior. There's people in our church that need to be transformed by reconciliation, broken relationships, Something that's happened, it's difficult to... Reconciliation is a core value. It's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There's people in our church that have unfortunately experienced death and loss. Resurrection is a core value. How does new life come up out of that loss? And so our hope is that these values don't just sit on a website, but that these values live in our lives, in our behavior, and they transform who you are in our and your, your life. So to that end, over the next couple weeks and months, you're going to be hearing a little bit more about the development of some teams that exemplify these core commitments. We have a phenomenal hospitality team, so grateful and thankful. We don't have anybody welcoming, quote, welcoming people at this door. In fact, over the last couple years, I have actually met people that have said, Spark's not a very welcoming church. Can you believe that? Because we love one another, but we're not so great at that. So I want to take care of that because I know you are welcoming. 
But now we need to be more intentional about that. Uh, we're probably going to be looking at making a hire, somebody who can be intentional about this piece of the puzzle, to think about how we can integrate all of our ages and all of our generations in everything that we do, small groups, worship services, activities, events, etc. I'd like to launch a study and a research team. This I'm super excited about because I get a little geeky myself. But churches traditionally hear from one voice or two voices in this particular sense, three voices when you add Pastor Mark. But here's the reality. The wisdom that exists in our congregation is amazing. And what if we could get those of you who are interested, hey, we're doing this H5 series. Hey, we're doing this Acts series. Let's get together, meet, talk about what are the things we need to discover. What are some things that you've experienced, stories, testimonies, research, etc.? Pull all of that together. And then what we learn as a community comes not just from a small, narrow place, but from a much broader place in our community. So if you're interested in that, I'd love to invite you to be a part of a study and research team, meeting regularly to talk about, here's where we're going. What do we need to research? What can we read? Look, I love reading. Those of you who know me, you know I just love reading. There is no way I can read everything I want to read. But a team of people could. And can you imagine how much richer our community would be with that team? Right now, we have an advisory board. I've already talked to them a little bit about making this shift from an advisory board to an executive board, and to that end, those of you who are part of Spark who want to contribute and talk about, hey, where are we going as a church? You can now become a part of a council and get involved with that and add your voice, young, old, wherever you are on the faith spectrum, to help contribute. And then you get some inside information about who we are and where we're going and some of the thoughts and get to contribute to that. And then we will take our current advisory board and shift them eventually to an executive board. And the reason why that's significant is because before, as we were going over advisory boards, there are people that advise, but an executive board now owns fiduciary responsibility, missional responsibility. It's a much bigger weighted responsibility. So that's a shift that's going to be coming, and we're going to be inviting you to that. In addition to that, um, we love having Junior. We would love to have somebody in partnership with us that can create this environment on a regular basis. So a worship and arts director, I couldn't come up with a fancier name for that. That's just the standard words that a lot of people use. But I know, you know, we all know that music and art radically touches people. And if we can combine the teachings and the community of what we do with an artistic expression, it just makes that experience more powerful. And then I need somebody to make some phone calls. So uh, <laughs> we'll be taking a look at somebody to help uh, as I mentioned, Jason's been doing a lot of the finances um, and somebody to help take on more and more of those responsibilities. We have a lot of contractors and all that administrative stuff. Uh, and right now, that only sits with a very limited number of people. Uh, and we'd love to expand that a little bit more. So over the next weeks and months ahead, we're going to be talking more and inviting you to participate. The reason why I'm hesitant to just say, hey, we need people, because that language, do you hear that language? We need I want to be very, very cautious that we don't just say we need people to do a part of this. We're looking to exemplify core values and core commitments, contribution. I want to see this thing happen. So when we talk about expanding the teams, part of the reason, again, why I'm doing the H5 series to get us to a place where we are contributing and working and acting and behaving out of a place of wholeness and healing. As we do this, we 
I hope that we start and finish and flourish with this in mind. This is what we're doing. We're helping to create environments and experiences that inspire people to live in this way. As Danielle shared in a sermon a couple weeks ago, this is the best way to live in this world. We believe that the way of Jesus is the best and perhaps only answer to the ailments, the frustrations, the challenges of humanity. We sincerely believe this. And we talk about it, and we're going to teach more and more about that as time comes. Junior, I'm going to invite you to come back up with your team. They're going to close in one song. Um, Our purpose is grounded. Our purpose then grounds us. As you consider or think about being more involved in these particular ways, as I've mentioned, I hope that you also get to experience this beautiful, loving transformation of these core values as you participate, as you serve. We don't want you to just be a warm body filling a space, whether it is that you you attend or you participate, whatever. We hope that this is realized in your life. And let me just close by saying thank you again. Thanks for hearing it out for a little bit. Thanks for just being an amazing church. And all of this that I've talked about, about where we're heading and where we're going, really honestly doesn't change anything about the core essence. It's trying to simply ask the question, how can we do what we're already doing better? And my hope and my prayer is that as this community strengthens itself in these core values and these core commitments, something will just radically shift in you. You will gain a story, an amazing story by which you live. You will have a phenomenal community to whom you belong. This is home. Yeah, we know about all the stuff you've done in your life. This is home. Yeah, we know about all your faults and your sins. This is home. Yeah, we know about how you're a little irritating sometimes. This is home. By the way, you also know how irritating I can be sometimes. You belong here. And then we also hope that as you serve and as you participate and as we continue on with who we are, you will find meaningful purpose to which you contribute, that your life makes a difference in this world, that your behavior, your activities, your work truly transforms this community. And by the way, even if you don't serve, quote, at Spark in a church, your contribution to this world is also acknowledged. Those of you who work in high tech and all these amazing companies, when we say you have meaningful purpose that you contribute, a church acknowledges that your God-given gifts and talents are contributing to beautiful work where you are. And so this is a place where you can be celebrated in that. That's what we mean. Okay, friends, I think that's all I have in my brain. Again, that was very quick and very cursory. Um, You'll be hearing more about that over the next weeks and months to come. For now, I just simply hope that you hear just two words. Thank you. Thank you for being spark. Father God, I bless you for uh, just an amazing experience. And I pray that uh, as we continue on and we do this work, 
I pray that all of this truly will be realized. And I pray that my friends who are gathered here will feel more and more inspired by who you are in your presence with us, by your story, your community, and your purpose in our lives. So, God, if there's anything that I've said that may not have made sense or is not in alignment, I just pray that you would just help us filter through all that, but ultimately be transformed by who you are. And God, for me personally, thank you for Spark. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this community. Thank you that we get to do this. Thank you. Pray in your name. Amen.